mistake. Taco Bell's always a mistake. It's really good. I couldn't say no. I need a dinner. It was really good. It was like the devil came up to me and was like, I'm going to make you a deal here. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm going to give you Taco Bell right now. And, and you're uh, going to, you can order the hot jizz balls, but I'm not going to give them to you. Because that's the deal with the devil that you're making today. <laughs> Basically. Because you're going to Taco Bell before 11 p.m. at night, which is redundant to say that. Yeah, but like... <sighs> It's not worth going before then, honestly. It's not. It's a late night thing only. They put their best employees on if in they, the middle of the night. But if they have to do the drive through and man the counter, then they're going to fuck up your order. Oh, yeah. They're going to fuck it up. Yeah, they are. Those toasted cheddar chalupas are really fucking good, though. It looks good. But I will never forgive them for not having Cool Ranch yeah. uh, got tacos rid of them. anymore. So they got rid that, of them. Fuck that. You know, again, I feel like the devil met us on the road and was like, I'm going to make a deal with you. It's not even a deal. He's just taking things away (laughs) and giving us like bubble guts. And that's That's all he's doing. He's like, okay, here's the deal. I'm going to take all your favorite foods away from Taco Bell. Still going to give you the bubble guts. How's that? Is that good? Too bad. You're still getting it. I think that Taco Bell has an ingredient that's called like bubble guts and it gives you (laughs) the bubble guts. Yeah. It's the sand they put in their ground beef. That's what does it. Yeah. But that's really what gives the ground beef that real. It's the seasoned ground beef. Yeah. That's the seasoning. As opposed to the unseasoned ground beef, which does not exist at Taco Bell. Bell. No, no, I don't it know why they call it seasoned ground beef. It's all the same. There yeah. is no other option. Sorry, Taco Bell, you're not pulling the wool over my eyes this time, Satan. <laughs> not today, Satan. Not today, but I'm I s- getting my sand beef. I still, <laughs> still ate like that fucking taco, not. which was a bad idea. Yeah, those chalupas were a bad idea. That no. was a taco beer belch that I didn't ask no, for. No, no, but the devil made you do it. The devil did make me do it. He made you do it. And we made a deal, and I knew what I was signing up for. Because that's what happens when you make a deal with the devil. You're signing a contract. You gotta be cognizant of that. Yes, you are. Yes. 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 Welcome to Rock Candy. (laughs) For all your Taco Bell discussion needs. Yes, that's what we're here for. We aren't your weekly podcast bringing us sweet treats of tales and stories from the world of music. No, we're bringing you... Our Taco Bell diet. Our opinions on Taco Bell and our anger at them taking away half their menu. Also, like, they do owe you two hot jizz balls. They do. They fuck. No, they owe me four. I got four. Two for me, two for you. They denied both of us. They did. Oh, well. But you know know what? what? I don't need them. We have beer anyway. And we have pie for later. Oh, we have pie. I have an entire pie. I have to eat it (laughs) because it's spoop season. And that means it's pie season. Yes. I think all seasons are pie seasons. Yeah. Basically, there's a your, pie for every season. We're your food connoisseur hosts, apparently. I'm Maggie. <laughs> I'm Ashley, and we're still keeping in with the Halloween season, and giving you guys some creepy tales. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I wouldn't say that this certain artist is creepy himself. No, he's got a pretty freaky story. Yeah, more of a supernatural story. Yeah, less. And it's Satan. funny. Well, they're not less Satan. They're still Satan. We're keeping on track with Satan for this Halloween, apparently. It's funny you call it a supernatural story because the show, Supernatural, totally ripped off this storyline for some of their episodes. Was was it a later episode? No, it was in the first few seasons. Oh. It was when, um, I think it was their dad was dying. So Dean went to the crossroads. Yep, the crossroads. And made a deal with a demon to... Um, keep his dad alive in exchange for his soul and he was going to die in yeah, a year. Yeah, that's how he gets sent to and hell. That's, yeah, and yeah. they never find a way to break the the contract Spoiler. so he ends up going to hell. Sorry, Spoiler. we just gave you like Yo, the first like two seasons of Supernatural. It doesn't matter. I even knew that and I still went to watch it. It's still good to watch. Yeah, it's still a really good watch. So still watch it, but yes. We are, we are talking about deals with the devil with Robert Johnson. Yes. Not Robert E. Lee. <laughs> Not Robert England. Extreme. Not Robert. I don't even know. Like I think I said twenty other Roberts yeah. before. Ex- I was like ex- Robert Johnson. Those are extremely different people. <laughs> they are not the same. Not the same people at not all. Not even. Nope. Robert Johnson was a blues guitarist that lived during the early 1900s. Yep. Highly in influential. Extremely influential. Like he is the blues and legendary. Yeah. 
he's, in more ways than one. He's what made the blues kind of give it that real grit, I feel like. He, like basically, he was one of the... He basically started Delta Blues. Right. And he's he's really that guy who brought that shit in. And... Yes. And influenced rock and roll a lot. Like, do, do you think Jimmy Page liked Robert Johnson? Yes. Probably. Huh. Huh. Yeah. You don't say. Yeah. Huh. I'm going to go with yes. Okay. All right. Well, good. Good then. Good. And uh, this week, speaking of your soul, (laughs) we are drinking All Souls Lager from Otter Creek Brewing. And Mm -hmm. it is a a lovely little lager. It's good. It's a nice sipping beer. It's perfect for if you were out next to fire right. Mm -hmm. I am not utilizing my fire pit. We yeah. should go sitting by the fire drinking this right now. Yeah. It's it's very lovely. It's quite tasty. 100%. Highly suggest it. If you come across it and you're looking for that good beer to bring to like a Halloween party. This is good. it. This is it. This is that good good uh, All, All Hallows Eve party you know, beer. You know, if this is it, we'll let you know. And we did. And, yeah, and we did. And we did. We Huey Lewis and the news ya. Yeah, on this, beer. this is the news from Huey Lewis, <laughs> and uh, this is it, and we just let you know. Lovely lager, check it out. All right, let's get into this creepy crawly story. Ooh. It's really fun. <laughs> it's really fun. Super fun, guys. Guys, it's so scary. I'm so scared. <laughs> this is fun. Oh, yeah, get your blankets, get your, your hot cocoa, your hot cocoa, and your flashlights, and it's going to be fun. Say Bloody Mary three times in the mirror. Let's go. <laughs> Be light as a feather and stiff as a board. Bring out your Ouija board. Ooh. Anyway. <laughs> Robert Johnson's going to haunt us for this bullshit. Seriously, he's turning over in whichever grave he's in. Nobody knows. Oh. I'll get to it. Spoilers. <laughs> Robert Johnson is a legend in every sense of the word. Not only did the blues musician lay the groundwork for what would become rock and roll, but there's not a whole lot known about his life. Because of that, some aspects of his life became urban legends, filled with stories of hoodoo, poison, and the devil. Robert Leroy Johnson was born in Hazelhurst, Mississippi, a small town outside of Jackson, nestled deep in the Mississippi Delta region. He was born sometime around May 8, 1911, to Julia and Noah Johnston. Johnson. Not Johnston. Keep nope. doing that! But at the time, Julia had been married to a sharecropper named Charles Dodds. Julia and Charles already had 10 children together. What? And their farm was doing well. However, Charles... they had 10 farmhands. Because yeah, they didn't have to employ anybody else. However, Charles got into a dispute with a nearby white farmer and a lynch mob was sent for him. He fled Hazelhurst and went to Memphis, Mississippi and changed his name to Charles Spencer. Cool. Julia tried to keep her children fed and the farm running, but she fell into destitution. She also had an affair with a plantation worker named Noah Johnson. I'm saying affair. I don't know if it was an affair. Could have been something else. Could have been something more sinister. They knew she was married. Who knows? Wait, what do you mean? Like, like it could have been a consensual relationship. Could have not been a consensual oh, relationship. Oh, okay. Who knows? Oh. But from that affair, Robert Johnson came to be. It was also kind of interesting to note that Robert was Julia's 11th child born in 1911. Ooh. Kind of freaky. Numerology. Mm. I'm sure there's something behind that. Numbers. Ooh. Ooh. I mean, those scare me. <laughs> like, legit. I sweat during a fucking math exam. They are scary. Math Calling. is scary. Math's scary. Trigonometry was <laughs> well, I didn't terrifying. Make, I didn't make it to trig. That's cute. <laughs> From the get-go, Robert never really had a stable home. The house he shared with his mother and siblings was basically a one or two room shack. It was a rough Whoa. life for a baby, so Julia sent him to live with Charles in Me- in Memphis when he was two years old. So this kid, uh, definitely not yours, but you want it? <laughs> but take it. I don't know. Come on, man. I mean, she could have potentially just been able to say, well, no, it is your kid. Just got pregnant before you left. <laughs> got pergnant before you <laughs> left. You got pergnant, pergnant, with no calm doms. Danger ops. <laughs> he stayed with Charles until he was eight, getting a basic education, which was something a black man in the deep south in the early 1900s didn't often get. Yeah, I was gonna say, and learning the basics of guitar playing from his brother. 
When he was nine, he moved back to the Delta and lived with Julia and her new husband, Dusty Willis, which is kind of an awesome name. I was going to say, that's a great fucking name. It's a great name. My name's Dusty Willis. It's Dusty. Dusty Willis. Yes. Dusty was also a sharecropper, but also not really a kind man. Cool. He didn't take kindly to Robert's love of playing guitar or his lack of interest in working in the fields. To Dusty Willis, the blues was the devil's music. Any secular music was the work of evil. Yeah, and that, that was, sounds about right. That was pretty much the view of a lot of people in the Deep South in the early 1900s. Very religious, very anti-blues. It was blues, then it was rock, now it's trap music? Like, I don't know. What's the devil's music now? New metal. That's just bad. Yeah. I don't even want to give it the credit of being Satan's music. Yeah, well, I guess in this day and age, is calling something Satan's music a compliment, or I guess it all depends on how you look at it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of metal, you could say, is the devil's music. That's fair. I'm sure Behemoth would take great pride in that. Yeah. Yeah, honestly. Everybody's aiming for being Satan's music now. Yeah. Robert hated the hard work needed to tend the fields, and he yep. un- as anyone would be, <laughs> yeah, honestly. And he understood how people became inextricably tied to their land. His stepfather worked so hard for so little pay, and he was never getting off that land, and he didn't want to be trapped in a life like that. Instead, he took to busking in the fields. He wanted to play guitar, but he didn't want to piss off his stepfather, so he'd bring his guitar to the fields and play for the workers, hoping to make a few pennies of if the workers had any to spare. I was going to say, I mean, that's it's like, like you're reaching there, though. It's like entertainment while you're working, I guess. Oh, that sounds wonderful. But also, I'm sure everybody in the fields were like, this motherfucking kid over here, just sitting here playing his guitar, not helping anybody, what the fuck? Yeah. He didn't really read the room on that one. Yeah, no, probably Ooh. not the best audience for you. No. Eventually, Robert made his way to the Dockery Plantation, where he would try to convince people to entertain them with his guitar playing. The Dockery Plantation at the time was a cotton plantation, and now it's considered to be the birthplace of the Delta Blues. All right. Although it was a hard-working plantation, it was well known for its decent treatment of its workers. Hmm. It was essentially a town all in its own, with its own grocery store, church, doctor, and other village essentials. The workers all lived in boarding houses on site, and here they socialized and played music. So they're like, cool, you can come in here and play some music. Yeah, but at the time, Robert wasn't very good oh, no. at playing music. Oh, no. So they were all just kind of like, who is this little piece of shit? Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, who are you? Just and- leave. Anyway, here's Wonderwall. <laughs> Like, he's just oh. trying to play Wonderwall, and he's, they're just like, again? He's that kid on the quad with a guitar and knows, like, four chords. Yeah. And it's like, dude, I don't want to fucking hear that song again. Oh, okay. Well, um, have you guys ever heard uh, Satellite by Dave Matthews Band? <laughs> I can play that. Get out! <laughs> don't you ever return! <laughs> Wandering blues musicians were invited in to entertain, and blues greats walk through its doors often. The Dockery Plantation is where Delta Blues greats Willie Brown and Sun House honed their craft, plucking songs for friends and guests all hours of the night. But there wasn't money in playing for poor field workers, Mm -mm. so Robert took to the road. He hopped trains and got rides from town to town, busking until word got out he was in town and hopefully a juke joint owner would invite him to play a night or two for a few dollars. After that, he'd be back on the road to the next town. Oh, so at least he was... Good enough to get some gigs when he would arrive. He hoped he could, but not always happened. Most of his money was made busking on the street. And most of that was, all right, if I give you this penny, will you just leave? I will pay you to shut up. Yeah. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. And, you know, going from town to town sounds like a fun and carefree time. But remember the times Robert was living in. Mm. Mississippi was a very scary place for a black man to live in the early 1900s. Mm. Not only was the KKK running rampant and lynchings were a horrific daily occurrence, but religion had a stronghold on every community and the blues were considered the devil's music. And this kind of music Robert was playing had to be kept secret only to be revealed to the right people. Otherwise, it would have dire consequences for him. 
That sounds like a great time to be alive, man. (laughs) But shortly after hitting the road, something happened that nearly threw Robert completely off the musical track. Was it Satan? I mean, if you consider children Satan, but no. Oh, okay. When he was 18, he met a 15-year-old girl named Virginia Travis. He fell in love and got married, lying about their ages so that they could marry without their parents' permission. Oh, they cared about age back then? Because I feel like they didn't. barely. Okay. Blinded by love, he told Virginia he was willing to give up music to start a family with her. Nah, man. That pussy can't be that good. Hmm. Pussy can't be that good to give up your fucking guitar, dude. Yeah. Saying it. He was young and he was stupid. Oh, yeah. That's true. Young and stupid. Talk about a start of marriage. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) They moved to a plantation where Robert got a job as a farmhand, and before they knew it, Virginia was pregnant. When she was nearly nine months pregnant, she went to live with her grandmother to give birth and have a comfortable place to rest and raise the baby for a while. Robert planned to meet up with Virginia after squaring things away at the farm. He then took his time traveling because... He was breaking his promise to Virginia. Because all of a sudden he heard his guitar going, Robert. Hey, Robert. (laughs) How's it going? Hey, look at my thin, long (laughs) neck, though. You miss putting your hands all up on that, don't you? Don't you miss plucking my strings? Yeah, I bet you do. Do It's gross. This is gross. Oh, it's not really (laughs) gross. It's just suggestive. (laughs) Yes. He's going to hump his guitar, isn't he? He's def- He definitely fucked his guitar once. Yeah, at least once. Just once. Yeah. He took advantage of his time alone, playing his guitar at his old haunts and busking for money. He just couldn't stop himself from playing. Or humping. Or either one. Right. Fucking, and, fucking and playing. That's all he knew. That sounds great, actually. It's kind of a nice life. Yeah, that's not a bad life. <laughs> but he took too long getting back to Virginia. He missed the birth of his child and even worse, Virginia and the baby died during labor. Oh, well, wow. All right. That took a turn I wasn't <laughs> expecting. That Wow. Oh, fuck. Yeah. It's sad. By the time Robert actually showed up, both mother and child were gone and buried. <gasps> the family was furious with Robert. Yeah. And they believed he abandoned his wife and child in their time of need, and they blamed him for their deaths. Well, that's a little, I can't, well, guys, That's science. going a little bit too All far. All right, guys. Like, I get being mad, and you should be mad. Like, right. Maybe, like, that, that's, that, that's weird. Yeah. No, guys. That's not how that works. This woke something within Robert. He made a drastic change. He abandoned making an honest life for himself on a farm. He decided to pursue music completely, abandoning any future he had in farming. Let's be honest, Robert. You You didn't. didn't. You had no future in farming. No, you didn't. And that's fine. It's just not your thing. That's great. You know, you're just like uh, the guy who started Mormonism. You just didn't want to work. But instead of starting a cult, you're like, (laughs) I'm going to play the Delta Blues. Uh, Anyway. Right. So Robert's Johnson. He... (laughs) Yes, he wanted to be a star, and to do that, he had to make music his life. He wasn't just satisfied with busking, though. He wanted to be one of those guys invited into the juke joints every night, riling up the crowds and making good money. But the problem was, he was barely any good. Yeah, I was going to say, you need to be good for that, honey. Yeah, like, people made fun of him because he was so bad at playing guitar. He may have been playing for years at this point, but that doesn't mean he was any good. He learned the basics from his brother, but that's where the lessons ended. And granted, you don't have to take lessons to be good at an instrument. There are thousands upon thousands of self-taught musicians out there. But Robert was someone that needed a mentor. Most people described him as a novice guitar player and barely paid him any mind. Oh. Ouch. And Robert himself went to a lot of juke joints to watch his idol Sun House and Willie Brown perform. When they would take a break, Robert would pick up a guitar from the corner of the room and play it on stage without asking, without permission. (gasps) Nope. nope, You don't touch other people's guitars. Oh, wait. He touched his idol's guitar? Yeah. First of all. (laughs) First of all. Hold up. If I were to even look at one of my idol's instruments, I'd be like, this is good enough. I would never presume I could walk up and just touch their shit. Well, I mean, it's not... The equivalent of you going up to Brian May and just picking up his guitar or something. It's not like that. It's like... These... I would arrest myself. <laughs> I'd be like, you know what? Give me handcuffs. I'll put them on myself. I'm it's... under arrest. I get it. I get it. Somebody take me away. 
who has a car with child locks on it so I can't get out. <laughs> Keep me away from this man's gear. <laughs> I cannot help myself. But it was more like having somebody you really respect but hang out with a lot. Oh, you know what was, I mean? Was Robert Johnson kind of like the hanger on? They're like, oh, this, there's that kid again. Yeah. He's always following us around. He's a nice kid. Terrible guitar player, yeah. but nice kid. Nice kid, but god damn, he sucks at guitar. Uh, we all just feel bad yeah. for him, to be honest. And he's also 18. Everybody else is older than him. Yeah. So. But yeah, people hated it. To them, he was just making noise. Oh then my god. He, then he'd get yelled at and kicked off stage. Oh. And that kind of lit a fire under his ass, and he vowed to show, vowed to show them all. And then he disappeared. With just, Satan? Nope. Oh. Maybe. But he disappeared. For about a year, no one heard from Robert Johnson. No one knew where he went. No one asked where he went. And Robert himself didn't document where he went. A year later, Sun House and Willie Brown were playing a juke joint in Banks, Mississippi, when Robert walks in with a guitar slung behind his back. He was back. Oh. They were a little surprised to see him but subjected him to the same ribbing as always. Like, oh, you're here to annoy us again? Cool, cool. Go ahead. See what you, see what you can hey, do. Hey, honey. What's up? Yeah. Been like, been a while. Long time no see. Oh, you're getting on stage? Oh, cool. Um, uh, bathroom break. <laughs> oh, good. Robert Johnson's on stage? God, I had to pee so bad. <laughs> I thought I was going to have to hold it for another hour. Robert sat down on the small stage. He sat his modified seven-string guitar on his lap and started playing, and he immediately blew people away. His talent was leaps and bounds better than before. A year ago, he was just making noise, but now he was playing lightning fast and getting people on their feet. People were bewildered. How did he get so good so quickly? You don't just go away a shitty guitar player and come back only a year later as a virtuoso. And this is where legends are born. Yeah. And this is also where we're going to take a break. Oh, I guess that is a good place to take a break. Yeah. Cliffhanger! Yeah. Robert never gave a straight answer about where he'd been for a year. Or people just like making up their own stories. It's with Satan. It's, it's Satan. It's Satan. Yeah. Also, this is still the early 1900s. It's Satan, right? It's always Satan. It's always Satan. Yeah, like, cat runs away. It's Satan. Crops aren't good. Satan. Satan. Um, My boobs grew in. Satan. Satan. Yeah. Got yeah. tinglings going in your nether regions. Satan. Satan. <laughs> you learn to read. Satan. Satan. <laughs> Right with your right with your left hand, Satan. Satan. Like for real, that's Satan. That was definitely that was Satan, definitely Satan. Actually, I feel like with pretty much all of this, yeah, we weren't we're not off. We're not really off base. No, it's always Satan. Hmm. And arguably, the legend that stuck with Robert was one that Sun House perpetuated, and he insisted that Robert told him this story. The story is mysterious, but kind of familiar in that Faustian way. While traveling from town to town playing guitar in the Delta, Robert found himself at a crossroads. Here, he met the devil, and he told the devil that he would sell his soul so he could be a great guitar player. That's fair, though. I mean, if you're that bad and all you want out of your life... If you're not using your soul anyway, who cares? Right? I mean, like, it's my soul. I can do what I want with it. I will gladly sell my soul for something real good. I don't care. Taco Bell. Infinite Taco to bring, Bell to bring Taco, back Taco the Cool Bell, Ranch Dor- Dorito. Bring shell. back the Cool Ranch, but also let me eat all the Taco Bell I want without getting weight or getting the shits. Oh yeah, I don't need the trots every fucking night. Let's <laughs> stop eating Taco Bell every night. <laughs> but that's why you sell your soul so you can eat it every night and not get the trots. All right, <laughs> she's not wrong. Robert Johnson had two choices here. Be a really good guitar player so not get the trots every day. (laughs) He went with the guitar. Maybe that was the real bargain here is that, yeah, he's a great guitarist, but woof, the worst diarrhea. And this is how Robert Johnson got his nickname, Robert Shit Your Pants Johnson. (laughs) Uh, That one never got as popular. No, it didn't. No. But they definitely called him that. (laughs) They did. They They didn't put that part in the legend. 
He was like, come on, guys. And they're like, all right. Uh, it's fine. It's funny. Yeah, shut up. Let me play my guitar. The devil, knowing a good deal when he saw one, took Robert's guitar, tuned it, played it, and handed it back. From then on, Robert's guitar skills were on mastery levels. But what about that seven-string guitar he was playing? Up until now, no one in the Delta had seen a seven-string guitar. Well, Sun House asked Robert about that, and again, the answer was mysterious and maybe not true. According to Sun, Robert simply said he found himself on a steamer heading out of Gulfport, Mississippi, and unbeknownst to him, it took him all the way to Russia. It just so happens that the Russian acoustic guitar has seven strings. Put two and two together. Maybe he got it from Russia. I find the devil story more believable than that. <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't think he went to Russia. I don't think he did either. He sold them all of our political secrets. <laughs> this is why we For have a Trump. seven string guitar. This is why we have Trump, guys. Yeah. But the devil in the crossroads story is rooted in hoodoo practices. Slaves of the Mississippi Delta region brought hoodoo from West Africa and passed it down to their kin. The folk magic of hoodoo is still intertwined into the lives of people living in the Deep South. Its legends and myths are still believed and its traditions still practiced. So it makes oh. sense that people probably believe the crossroad r- rumors. Yeah, you know the what though? I'm I'm just going to say maybe, just maybe. Maybe Robert Johnson was like, I'm going to go take some lessons from somebody somewhere and just walk around and maybe buy a better guitar with all the money that I made busking. Then I'm going to come back and I'm going to be really good. That might have also been what happened. You know what, Maggie? Sometimes it do. But sometimes it don't. But sometimes it don't. This could be an almond joy or a mound situation. We just don't know. And I mean, really, I think it pref- depends on which you prefer anyway. Exactly. Oh. This is an almond joy and mound situation. All right. Perpetuating the rumors was Robert himself through his music. His songs reference hoodoo a lot, even if it is relatively disguised. In the song, Come On Into My Kitchen, he talks about how he took a nickel out of his lady's nation sack. Oh, is that what we're calling pussy now? Because I, mean, I am 100% going to start calling my vagina my I mean, nation sack. It's not oh, far off. Oh, no. It's really not far calling off. Calling it my nation sack Because a nation sack is basically a magic bag of mojo that contains a woman's sexual power. So, yeah, it's her pussy. Ooh. Or it's a bag of items used to keep a man faithful. So, yeah, it's her pussy. Oh, my God. It's I a am, vagina. I am 100% calling my snatch my nation sack <laughs> from now on. It's pretty good. I'm just really excited to have a sack. Ooh, finally, you get finally a sack. Finally, I get the sack I've always wanted. <laughs> he also references demons, the devil, and evil imagery in his lyrics a lot. He talks about hellhounds on his trail and how he uses hot powder to evade them. Hot powder is going to be the name of my vagina. (laughs) After you eat Taco Bell? (laughs) That's my asshole. (laughs) Hot powder, the real hot powder, was powder charged with hoodoo magic that former slaves would use to get bloodhounds off their scent when trying to escape a lynch mob. Oh, so maybe I should not call it no. hot powder. Oh, God. White people, why you gotta ruin everything? Yeah. By being fucking racist assholes. Yeah. Like everything. This story is all very mystical and gothic, and it makes a great story for a cocktail gossip session. But there's a good chance it wasn't true. I just picture everybody like hanging out at the bar over a nice big old bottle of moonshine. <laughs> well, I heard that Robert Johnson... Was like jangling around some lady's nation pussy. <laughs> nation pussy. <laughs> I meant sack. Nation sack. <laughs> nation pussy. <laughs> and then they all laugh because they're really drunk on moonshine. This all could have very well happened. Yeah. It's, this is probably what happened. Yeah. And I love it. And they're all just yeah. doing it over Taco Bell. And all this gossip created an air of intrigue, intrigue and helped Robert get his name out there. What actually happened during that mysterious year away was far less sensational. By most accounts, Robert returned to Hazelhurst searching for his biological father, Noah Johnson. Oh. But he couldn't find Noah for some reason or another. I don't know why. He could have died. He could have moved somewhere else. He could have just been like 100% like dodging Robert oh, Johnson completely. the entire time. Like, Absolutely. Oh, shit. 
Is my son back? All right. Fuck. I'm going to hide in this closet. You tell me when he leaves. <laughs> son of a bitch. Yep. Except like I'm the bitch. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he couldn't find Noah, but he did make a new friend. Isaiah Ike Zimmerman was a guitarist hanging around Hazelhurst at the time of Robert's return. Although Ike is all but lost to history, he was a masterful musician and a regular in the local juke joints. The two struck up a friendship and Robert convinced Ike to give him guitar lessons. Nice. For the next year, Robert and Ike would meet up in cemeteries late at night for lessons. So goth. I love it. I love it. They were goth before goth was goth. Seriously. It's pretty fucking spooky. Robert put in a lot of hard work to learn the guitar inside and out, but it was learning how to play inside of a graveyard that perpetuated this devilish myth that his skills were bestowed upon him by a demonic spirit. But practicing in cemeteries at midnight made sense. It doesn't matter how bad you sound because no one around you will complain. Except for the ghosts. They're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Guys, I- I'm trying to sleep here. Rest in peace. You heard of it? It's what it says right here and there and over there. All of them say rest in peace, but it ain't peaceful. This is just, you're playing like shit and I hate it. <laughs> the ghosts were so mad. They were very... uh insulting and discerning ghosts i bet but also ike believed that the only way to learn the blues was to go to a cemetery at midnight wait for the ghosts to come out and let them teach you what it means to have the blues oh damn that's some deep shit that is some deep shit yeah he developed a style of playing that no one playing blues at the time was doing he was the first person to be recorded doing the double guitar style of blues Oh. That means he was doing the standard blues beat, but layered a slide on top of it. Oh. So it kind of sounded like there were two guitarists playing mm-hmm. instead of just one. I That's what I'm saying it is. I don't really know what it's called, but it sounds like two guitars playing at once. So yeah. Double guitars. Fun. He could do these multiple guitar parts because he basically had spider legs for fingers. Ooh, like that sounds ab- terrifying. Abnormally long, skinny fingers. He had huge hands with these long, skinny fingers that could pluck, strum, and slide all at once. He had magic fingers. Magic what you're fingers, saying. yeah. Hmm. So he definitely was uh, reaching into some nation sacks. I was just going to make the same joke. Like, real, real <laughs> He good, was rifling though. around in all them nation sacks, just one right after another. I'd let him rifle in my nation sack, <laughs> though. Like, yo. Something, something can be said about some long, slender fing- fingers. I'm just saying. If you can play guitar that fast. Imagine what else he can do. Mm-hmm. And I am. <laughs> right mm-hmm. now. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> One year isn't very long to master the guitar. But Robert must have really hustled to learn his craft so quickly. It paid off because when he came back to the Delta, his popularity soared. In the middle of it, he met a woman. Yeah, he did. He takes up with Virgie Kane who was from a very strict religious family because bro does not understand that the crazy religious families are not for him. Nope. Just like... There's some of that sweet, sweet virgin poon, though. I guess. I mean, that's... I mean, all not all guys. I should not paint. Hashtag not all men. <laughs> and that's like a thing with guys. Like, oh, she's so pure and virginal. Those bad boys it. just want to... I want to wreck those virgins. I want to rip open her nation sack. (laughs) (laughs) This is getting graphic, Maggie. No. Anyway. (laughs) There's something about the word sack. (laughs) Sack. It's funny. It is. Because we're children. Yeah, we're, we're children. Anyway, Virgie's family obviously didn't approve of her going with a boy that plays secular music, but that didn't prevent her from becoming pregnant. Pregnant. Wait, she's pregnant? She's pregnant. Yo, danger ops. She's pregnant. <laughs> danger ops. She is pregnant. <laughs> Wait, how you get pregnant after no condom? <laughs> Robert begged Virgie to come out on the road with him and to get away from her restrictive family. I don't know, dude. She's fucking... She's pregnant. pregnant. You know what sucks about being... Okay. It's bad enough. It's the early 1900s. 
rural Mississippi, very few doctors that will treat her while she's pregnant. The only thing worse than giving pregnant in that kind of situation is give, giving pregnant. <laughs> I'm just going to let it go. The only thing worse about giving birth in that kind of situation is giving birth while you're fucking traveling. Yeah. Why would you like, do that? away from your family who's obviously there and help you take care of the baby. Yeah. Even if you are an unwed mother, they would still help to take care of it. They might send you away to a quote unquote aunt's house or... <sighs> Like upstate? Or upstate or to, to, a, farm to upstate? a farm upstate. That's where you send dogs to when they die. <laughs> I don't know. That's off. That's what you tell your kids when you kill their dog. Like that's awful. <laughs> but so she she totally didn't go on the road with him, right? No. No. Oh, wow. No. no, she didn't. Oh. So he knew that- I expected her to totally do it. No. He knew that they would never let him stay with Virgie and play the blues, her family. But of course, she doesn't go with him. So at least he's got the blues. Yeah. Her family refused, insisting that he was in league with the devil because of the music he played. I mean, he also might have actually been in league with the devil. Could have been. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think that should be our theme throughout the month is Satanists aren't necessarily bad people, dude. Satan isn't necessarily a a bad demon. Yeah. So, like, maybe, like... He's just misunderstood. Maybe you Christians should check yourselves. (laughs) He just misunderstood. He essentially abandoned Virgie and his newborn son, Claude. He just didn't see himself in a life like that, and he especially wouldn't give up on music. He only visited his son a couple of times. Once, when Claude was seven, Robert tried to visit him, but Virgie's family prevented him from doing so, saying the devil music Robert played would influence young Claude too much. He tried to give the family money for his son, but he was turned away, and Claude never saw his father again. Oh, well that's, I mean, come on. Come on! Guys, just let let the guy see his kid. Yeah, I mean, like, that's... that's, He's not around enough to have any real influence. He came with money. Come on. Jeez. After that, Robert went ham. If anyone Good for him. If anyone you, know Good you deserve him. it. You deserve it. No, you know what? No, wait. No, you don't. You really don't. Wait a minute. Wait. Wait. <laughs> it's a polarizing story, Maggie. I mean, you can't just run around the Mississippi and knock up every woman and be like, it's either me, you come with me with your baby, or you don't. Oh, you're not gonna? Okay, bye. Or I'm just gonna do it again. Or I'm just gonna poke holes in everybody's nation sacks. (laughs) Just breaking all the nation sacks at this point. But if everyone insisted so much that Robert was in league with the devil, then fuck it. He may as well do every single sinful thing he could think of. Oh my god, now he just sounds like an angsty teenager. Like, well, if you guys think I'm so bad, I'm just gonna be bad then. Yeah, I'm just gonna be a fucking rock star. I swear to God, he sounds like he's in fucking Motley Molly Crew. Crew. <laughs> he was the fifth member of Motley Crew. The forgotten Motley Crew member. Oh, because Motley Crew would have been good if he was around. Better guitar player than Nikki Six. Hot takes. Probably drink him under the table, too. Oh, undoubtedly. Yeah. So yeah, he gambled, he drank, he slept with every woman he could, and he played the most raucous devil's music he could manage. He didn't give a shit about anything but music anymore. All the sins found in juke joints that people warned against, Robert dove headfirst into all of them, and he became known as a hard-drinking womanizer. Oh no. And he was also a vagabond. He was fully committed to traveling and playing music, never settling in one place for too long. And he continued to stroll into new into all the new towns and set up on street corners or sidewalks and play for change. And he made make bank on the street. Well, I, he at this point he's probably fairly popular. Yeah, and he was continuously invited into those juke joints after juke joint own, owners. I keep saying juke joint and tongue tying myself. He's a juke. Joint hero got stars in his eyes. (laughs) Yeah, and he was also a jovial and friendly person. And he would make friends and connections during his performances, ensuring his ability to come back in a few months late a few months later to audience impatiently awaiting his return. Oh Robert Johnson's just a bard. Yes. He's like a level ten bard. (laughs) He's got fucking like a plus four to charisma. 
which is oh real oh good. yeah, he's got all the charisma. Yeah, he's got good charisma. Uh yeah, he's got that sweet guitar and like he has a feet in deal with the devil. I'm just um, a little nerdy on that one. Yeah, I understood it at first, and now I don't. It's fine. I kind of get it, but okay. Robert anyway. casts open nation sack. <laughs> it's super effective. Always effective. Always effective. Roll anything and you get this. Natural 20 every time. <laughs> Audiences loved the standards he'd play, but the juke joint attendees went nuts for his darker and more complex original songs. Around 1935 and 36, he sought out H.C. Spire, a record store owner and talent scout in Jackson, Mississippi. Oh. Through Spire, Robert was put in contact with ARC Records and eventually traveled to San Antonio, Texas to record some of his material. Three separate recording sessions took place then in room 414 of Gunter Hotel, where Robert recorded as many tracks as he could. In the first session, he laid down songs like I Believe I'll Dust My Broom. <laughs> it's just funny. That's gotta be about his dick, right? <laughs> He's done. Is that a euphemism? Dusting your broom? broom. <laughs> but also Crossroad Blues, duh, and Kindhearted Woman Blues, which became Blue Standards. Oh, he also recorded yeah. Terraplane Blues, which became his most popular record. The second session was comprised mostly of Robert's more somber, dark, and emotional songs, the ones that he played in the juke joints to get everyone riled up. They were also the songs that were the most special to him, the ones he poured a lot of himself into. And the songs Robert laid down in these sessions were the only known recordings he ever made. Like I said before, little is known about Robert's life, and his life was very short, so we have precious little audio from him at all. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. To be honest, I didn't even realize we had all that much audio, like even that much that you mentioned. I thought yeah. there was like one or two songs at best. No. There's a few, but it's a small handful. Right, right. Yeah. But just because Robert laid down some tracks doesn't mean he'd become a major recording star. He was still dedicated to the road and drinking and messing around and well, rifling through some nation sacks. <laughs> well, that was really his bread and butter. And I think the argument can be made, too, that maybe he became... No, not maybe. I think he also became a better musician because he was living life. Yeah. As you live life, your lyrics become more genuine. You have more experiences that maybe you can relate to other people. Yeah. And you get into some shit in those juke joints. Yeah. I mean, you do. It's and inspiration. Everything you do is inspiration. Yeah. And he, he really did go through a lot. I mean, his dad, he never managed to find him. And, you know, he had a shitty stepdad and his first wife and kid died in childbirth. And then he's had all these other wives, not wives, ladies. Yeah. That never worked out. And at this point, he's probably just having these experiences because it's really good fucking material yeah. to write about. And mind you, this point, he's in his mid-twenties. What? Yeah. Mid-twenties and 35, 36. Wow. Kid is 10 years younger than us. Yep. I need to start dusting my broom more. <laughs> I think we could all dust our brooms. Everybody, a dust, little go bit dust more. your broom a little bit more tonight. A little bit more. But all that debauchery and philandering would eventually catch up with the macabre musician. Oh, no. And just like his life was full of mystery and myth, so would his death. Hmm. He died on August 16th, 1938, near Greenwood, Mississippi. His death wasn't even officially recorded. What? It wasn't until 30 years later when a musicologist discovered his death certificate that anyone outside of Mississippi knew he was dead. That's so... It's crazy. What? Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, he was only known in the juke joint circuit, which was kind of an underground thing because it wasn't something that anyone really wanted to get out. This was juke joints were specifically for um, younger black men and women who needed a place to go to let loose after working a hard ass fucking week and they weren't allowed to go into white establishments. Right. And on top of that, if a black man or woman died in the deep south. No Most cared. people gave, didn't give a shit. Yeah, that's... So the fact that his death was even recorded 
It's that, like, whoa. It, that's a big thing. So they at least have like a date. Yes. Maybe not a cause or anything else, right. but there's at least a date. Yeah. Someone cared enough to mention, yo, Robert Johnson died. Okay, I'm going to go write it down in this book over here. Yeah. What's his name? Oh, okay. Yeah, Johnston. Uh, yeah, Johnson. Johnson. Oh, Johnson. Sorry. Well, I wrote Smith. It's Smith now. Okay, bye. I heard he likes graveyards. <laughs> the widely accepted story of his death goes as follows. He had been playing at Three Folks Ju... ju- this is a tongue twister. Three Folks Juke Joint outside of Greenwood for a few weeks, and during that time he had begun to flirt with, or started sleeping with, depending on the storyteller, mm-hmm. a married woman. Sounds about right. Yeah. Could not have been the first time. No. <laughs> no. He made no. the mistake of disrespecting the husband, who obviously had retaliation on his mind. Later, Robert ordered a bottle of whiskey, his favorite liquor. That's, you know what? Yeah. Respect. I respect that. I respect that. Oddly, the seal on the bottle, though it was brand new, was broken. Robert didn't think anything of it. Oh, no. But when he tried to take a sip, his friend Sonny Williamson slapped it out of his hand. He warned Robert not to drink out of a bottle with a broken seal. But Robert, pissed off, said, and don't you ever slap a $7 bottle of whiskey out of my hand. I mean, all right. Yes, I do kind of get that argument. (laughs) Because, well, $7 whiskey is probably like, what? 80 here or something yeah that's expensive yeah and i get that but also maybe listen to your friend but also i'm sure at this point he was fucking obliterated already oh that's fair oh and he didn't give no fucks he picked that bottle up off the floor and drank it anyway man died like he lived yeah not giving a fuck yep look upon his field of fucks and see that it is barren. Yeah. Almost immediately, he started acting funny. He was slumped in his chair, tried to play guitar, but he couldn't do it. And which he could have just been really drunk. Right. Later that night, back at home, he was in even worse shape. He was curled up on the floor, making terrible noises and couldn't get out of bed, oh. which arguably could have been alcohol poisoning. Yeah. I have had alcohol poisoning before. Guess what I was doing? Curled up in a ball. Curled up in the fetal position on my couch, howling in pain. Yeah. That's what happens when you have alcohol poisoning. Oh, I just throw up violently. Oh, yeah, that. Yeah, that. That's like alternating between the two, like Uh, violently vomiting and curled up in the fetal position and howling. My body's like, get it out. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Over the course of three days, Robert's condition worsened and no one knew how to help him. Eventually, he succumbed to his his symptoms and he died in extreme pain. Many believed he was poisoned by the jealous husband with strychnine put into his whiskey. Mm. But some have a problem with this theory. Strychnine not only has a strong odor detectable even when mixed with strong liquor... But it does take a large quantity of it consumed at once to kill you. And even after that, it will kill you within hours, not days. Yeah, and honestly, poison isn't a man's game. I hate to be sexist like that, but it's also statistically proven that poison is a woman's yeah. game. Yeah, most... Could have been a, it could have been a spurn lover. Yeah. Is that not out of the realm, considering he slept with everybody? There's also... Part of a rumor that um, the woman that he was flirting with or sleeping with was the one who gave him the bottle. Right. And then another story says she gave him the bottle, but it was the husband that told her to give him the bottle. So. I don't know. I feel like if somebody's that mad, they like a dude like that is going to be that bad. He's going to make He's going to beat the shit out of him yeah. and like stab him. He would want everyone to watch him do it. Yes. So I'm 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 a little skeptical of this theory. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It could just be that maybe he drank a little bit much and had cirrhosis of the liver. That's exactly what I think. <laughs> he could have just drank way too fucking much and you know, his liver ruptured or something. Oh, you know what? That kind of checks a lot more yeah. to this. Or his kidneys immediately stopped working because they couldn't handle it anymore. Yeah. He lived a rough life. It is not an easy life to live on the road. Especially, 
It's not like he was just driving in his nice little car down a street. He was walking. He was hopping trains. He was hitchhiking. He was, you know. He was constantly smoking and drinking. So. Yeah. Yeah, even if you are in your mid-20s. And back then, people only probably lived to, what, like 50s, 60s anyway. Right. So he was almost middle-aged. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He was 27 when he died. Arguably the <gasps> first of the 27 <gasps> Club. <gasps> Why doesn't anyone talk about that? They should. What the fuck? Yeah. Oh, my God. Now I kind of think the 27 Club's real. And now I'm going back to thinking, maybe Robert Johnson did make a deal with the devil. Maybe and the he deal. Did. The devil, that the devil didn't tell anybody was, all right, but when you die, that's going to be the fucking magic number, bitch. Yep. And I'm going, and I get to select all of these beautiful souls to take with me. And then someone's Whenever like, I feel like. Could you, like, take Justin Bieber, though? No, he can stay. He's not a great musician. I don't want him. Amy Winehouse, though, come with me. And you're like, no, not Amy Winehouse. Kurt Cobain, it's your time. No! But, like, what about this Post Malone guy? Nah, he can stay. You guys can keep him. We don't want him, though. No. Satan's a real asshole. (laughs) He knows what he's doing. He does know what he's doing. He knows. I kind of respect it. You know what? kudos that is a fucking monkey's paw of a deal isn't it sure is Woof. either way an autopsy was never done and a cause of death was not listed on his death certificate. yeah i mean none of this is none of this surprises yeah. me no one really even knows where he was buried but there are theories first theory on the back of his birth birth certificate on the back of his death certificate the county registrar hand wrote a note saying she spoke with the owner of the land on which Robert died, and the landowner said he was buried on the property in a homemade coffin furnished by the county. Hmm. Landowner also was like, yeah, I think he died of syphilis. Oh, yep. You know what? Also super (laughs) checks. very much a possibility. Yeah. Mm. But also, how the fuck would the landowner know? Everybody And knows. also, why would you write that on the back of somebody's death certificate? Probably, <laughs> Probably died, died of syphilis. Of syphilis. <laughs> Can that be on my fucking tombstone? <laughs> Probably, Probably died of syphilis. <laughs> Probably got the clap. You don't die of the clap. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Oh, we're just going to throw that we're there. We're just going to throw it on there. There are also headstones reserved for Robert at Mount Zion Missionary Baptist Church near Morgan Damn. City, Mississippi. Little Zion Church, north of Greenwood, Mississippi, and Payne Chapel in Quito, Mississippi. Just in case. Just in case. You know, just to cover all the bases. That's fair. All right. And honestly, you might have to take everything I said with a grain of salt. There's no definitive history on Robert Johnson, and everything we do know is based on the few scant facts people have been able to find. We only have a handful of recordings, 29 in total, And only two photos of the man are known to exist. What? But his influence on blues is undeniable. His original songs have become standards covered by hosts of musicians, and others have cited his influence on them from Keith Richards to Eric Clapton, who even named an entire album after him. Yeah. But obviously the most enduring part of Robert's story is the legend of the crossroads. It may have been the best publicity ever received, and although some could argue that the legend tries to take away Robert's very real talent, it's undeniable that Robert was creating some kind of magic wherever he went. Yeah. He created his own mythos there. He He did nothing to quell it. That is for damn sure. He was like Marilyn Manson before Marilyn Manson was even a Manson. Manson wished he could Manson as hard as Robert Johnson Manson. Because he took a persona and was like, I'm wearing this. Yeah. This is my costume. I'm going to take it. Wow. I never really thought about it, but Robert Johnson's really an OG in a lot of ways. Of course, with the Delta Blues and making the blues what it became. Yeah. Of course. And I mean, that is undeniable, his musical talent. And arguably the most important part. Right. Definitely the most important part. But the most intriguing part. He was one of the first musicians, I feel like, to say, I'm going to take this controversial image that everyone has of me and just wear it and see if that's what gets yeah, me the notoriety that I want. Everyone's going to talk about him with this whole devil thing. Right. Whether it's true or not, they're going to take it and run with it. May as well just let it go. 
Yeah, honestly, that's probably the smartest thing you could have done. He's one of the first people to say, you know what? To take something that could have been bad publicity and without doing a whole lot, kind of twisted it into something beneficial. Yeah, it was enough to get him very famous, very much wanted by the crowds that he wanted to be near anyway mm. yeah of course and then and then you but you still have the christians who are like oh no he plays the devil's music and oh we need to stay away from him which probably made him more interesting to the bar scene but which is where he's making his money with that crossroads myth or not they were going to say that exactly they were going to say he's playing the devil's music no matter what so what is this legend going to hurt it's just going to make him more intriguing because People that are going to the juke joints and listening to the blues, they already know that they're participating in some, you know, sacrilegious ritual already. What so they want. that's what they're there for. So to have somebody who's even like who's met this devil creature at the crossroads and sold his soul to them, like that's kind of intriguing. Yeah. That's pretty fun. Yeah. And I'm sure when he would go from town to town and somebody's like, Shit, Robert Johnson's playing tonight. We need to fucking go. And just to like even look at him and be like, does he look like the devil? Yeah. Does he look, does he have like a devil aura around him? Because that's how shit like that would start too is people probably came up with crazy shit about him. Like, oh, if you take his hat off, he has horns. Or <laughs> man, you know, I heard a woman slept with him and saw a tail on him. And, yeah. you know, I'm sure crazy shit like that. And don't quell it. Just keep it blooming because that's how he is going to get people to say well now i need to fucking come see him and then yeah the juke joints are going to be even more well this guy's gonna fucking sell money he's gonna sell booze yeah i that's so funny i've never thought about it this way before but like i have a completely i've always appreciated robert johnson but i have an incredibly newfound respect for him how he's like I'm going to take this and run with it. Yeah. I don't even think he he even tried really hard to perpetuate it. No, I, I think he just didn't stop he, people from thinking yeah, it. Yeah, he didn't stop people from saying it or continuing the myth, which is, it's good publicity. It is the like 1920s, 30s equivalent of, yeah, Marilyn Manson cutting him up on, cutting himself up on stage. Yeah. Yep. And saying, you know what, if you're just going to think this about me anyway, then fuck it, I'm just going to do whatever I need to do. Yep. So there is there is definitely that aspect with a lot of musicians where you, you get to a point where you think, if you're just going to think this anyway, why am I going to stop it? Yeah. Why you not just well embrace it? play it up and embrace it and just roll with it. Yeah. Fuck it. You're already going to think I'm this devil-worshipping fucking weirdo anyway, so. Yeah. It's just kind of a shame, though, because I'm pretty sure he... I. I feel like he definitely died of cirrhosis of the liver. That's going to be... I I'm, definitely think it was... He probably did have syphilis. Oh, yeah. He definitely had to have something. There's no way. Yeah. Sleeping around like that. I read another theory that he could have had some... I can't... It's called like Martans or Marfan's disease. Oh. Or something, which... Make, which gives you extremely long appendages, like you're long, lanky. It's like a connective tissue disease. Oh. So people with this affliction have very long, skinny fingers, long, skinny arms and legs. Shit. And that and would... Ex- did. And another characteristic is like a bad eye. And he had like kind of a wonky eye. Oh. So that would explain why he had such long, skinny hands. And... Another symptom with that is like heart troubles and a lot of people with the disease die early because they have heart issues. So that could have been something, too. However, I'm inclined to believe, considering all of the drinking he did, mostly hard liquor. Yeah. Them $7 bottles of whiskey. Yeah. They'll do the damage. You know, yeah, it's going to catch up with you pretty fucking quick. So I think it had something. I think he had alcohol poisoning, like really bad, and like cirrhosis happened or something happened with his pancreas or his liver. It It could have been everything. Yeah. He did not take care of himself. And that's what happens when you don't take care of yourself. Yeah. But I hope that the 27 years he had on this earth were mostly something that he was, he wanted to do. It sounds like it. I mean, he committed real hard, so. 
I mean, he opened a lot of nation sacks. <laughs> he was just going from nation sack to nation sack. So, if anything... Spilling mojo all over the place. He's got that going for him. And you know what? Sometimes that's good enough. And, you know, he's inspired a lot of very, very white men yeah. <laughs> to play the blues. <laughs> all I can think of is fucking Eric Clapton's cover of Crossroads. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Eric Clapton. <laughs> really, uh, we really, we really needed you to improve upon that. Yeah. Thanks. He's fine. It's fine. I'm glad to have the Zep. Cream is a good band. Stones have contributed things. Have they? Sure. They have. They, they have. have. They have. Just nothing. They have never contributed to my nation sack is all I can say. Oh, nope. Nope. Yeah. That, is a, that is a negative balance nation <laughs> sack right there. For sure. Yep. But uh, no, yeah, you're right. He is influenced. Music wouldn't be what it is today without it, Robert Johnson. We wouldn't have rock and roll period if no. it wasn't for Robert Johnson. So, so when you're mad listening... respect to to this man right here. Yeah. The next time you're listening to anybody from like Kiss to the Black Crows to anybody that you enjoy, you can thank Robert Johnson. Seriously. You have to. Pay him some respects. And in maybe in go turn, to a, maybe go to a crossroads and lay down some seven dollar bottles of whiskey. Yeah, and in turn, maybe thank the devil, thank Satan, thanks Satan, thank you Satan, for yeah. this lovely little story, and maybe helping Robert Johnson out with this because yeah. maybe maybe that does mean rock and roll is you know has a base of sacrilegious bullshit and Satanism. Yeah, but like we say in every episode this month, apparently Satanists ain't bad. They're not. They're so, actually very kind people. Yes. So there's that. And yeah, that was that was a good episode. That was a good story. It was a very good story. I did not know all that much about Robert Johnson. No, I just knew Devil. It's it's pretty cool how we can glean so much out of such little uh, known stuff from yeah. him. And I I kind of like that most of his history is legend. Yeah. It's kind of cool. I'm sure he likes that, too. Yeah, it kind of means that blues and rock and roll were developed and, you know, they have this basis of spooky legends. Yeah. They're they're mysterious. They'll, it'll always be a mysterious origin. Yeah. Which I'm fine with. Yeah. More than fine with. Well, that does it for Robert Johnson. And that does it for us today. But thank you all so much for listening. Yay. We appreciate you so much. If you didn't listen to us then, well, we'd have to go make a deal with Satan. <laughs> I No, we, I still might make a deal with Satan, though. We can find a crossroads somewhere and make a deal. Yeah, we could do that. I don't need my soul. I'm not using yeah, it for anything. I'm not anything. using this. Like, this. I don't care. Yeah, it's fine. Nobody, I, Nobody's getting any use out of this. Here no. you go, Satan. Have it. Have my soul. It's fine. But take take it. it. Take it. Take it. Exchange it for Patreon members. Yes. <laughs> if you have been digging what you are hearing, you can always hit us up on our website, www.rockcandypodcast.com. We have way more episodes. We're in the 90s. It's exciting. We're it's almost exciting. to 100. We're almost to 100 episodes, guys. What are we going to do for our 100th episode? I don't know. Nothing. Probably nothing. Because <laughs> we're busy. Guys. And we have jobs that suck. So, yeah, so I mean, you know, being adults are it's difficult. So, probably on the day that our 100th episode drops at like 9 p.m., we're gonna be like, oh, fuck, this was our 100th episode. Yeah. Shit, what do we do? Let's take naps, talk about it later. Ugh, fuck it, don't we'll do it tomorrow. Kids. Yes, <laughs> but yes, listen to more episodes. Go to iTunes if you have an iTunes account and leave us a five-star review and tell us how great we are because your reviews help us get noticed. We want to get noticed because we want that attention. Give it to us. And uh, please go ahead and visit the network that we are a part of, Pantheon Podcasts, pantheonpodcast.com. You can listen to so many other music podcasts. They are fantastic. We are a great family, supportive and wonderful, and we have chock full of nuggets of information. And speaking of our Pantheon network, 
Recently, one of our sister podcasts, Rock and Roll Librarian, just did an episode on Robert Johnson. So if you want some more information on the man himself, yep. go over there and listen to that episode. It's very, very good. Yep. She reads the books, talks about them. They're great episodes. Definitely. Um, yeah, you're going to get a much more adult perspective. <laughs> Probably more information than I could have provided. She's probably not going to talk about vaginas as much as we do. So if you want like a little bit more of a a mature experience, I would (laughs) more than suggest going to listen to Rock and Roll Librarian. Shelly's an adult. We are not. (laughs) We're not. Clearly. Not at all. But also, (laughs) speaking of not being adults... If you would like to check out our Patreon page, you can head on over to patreon.com slash rockcandypodcast. You can give us some schmackles, and then we can exchange that for a monthly bonus episode and mm-hmm. maybe some sweet swag. Yes, we've got sweet swag to hang out. You can make a deal with the Patreon devils. Oh my god, yes. And then go we to can the Patreon crossroads. Can... <laughs> the Patreon crossroads. Yes, and, and make a deal with the Patreon devil. And you can get more of us. It sounds like that's their like amateur hockey team or something. Oh, the Patreon Devils. That's adorable. <laughs> it's cute. I'm here for it. I play hockey for them. Aww. I suck at it. I can't escape. No. But, but I try. It'd be fun. I'll be the cheerleader. I would just be really afraid that somebody would slice my face off. <laughs> Yo, there are some fucked up hockey fails, all right? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I don't think that could really happen. It's happened. I'm I will sure, show you videos. I'm sure it's happened, but I think the odds of it happening again are probably pretty slim. You know what's safe? Being in the stands. But you know what? If we were on the same team, one of us would end up like accidentally slicing the other person yeah. open. Yeah. You know that would happen. Yeah. Especially after we could deal with the devil. Yeah. This is why I don't ice skate. That's fair. That's a fair reason. So yeah, tune in next week for more... <laughs> For another crazy episode of Spooky Tales for Halloween month. One more artist that we will cover for the month. Ooh, it's going to be a doozy. I mean, it is, Ooh. I think. Ooh, boy. Ooh, boy. Ooh, boy. I just keep bringing it back to the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Because that arguably was the best time for this artist. Yeah. So, um. yeah. Yeah, that's going to be a fun one. It will be a fun one. So buckle up for that. But until then... Party on, Ashley. Party on, Maggie. And party on, you crazy kids out there. Ooh, balls out, thank you. Open up your nation sack. <laughs>